Hey there. Welcome back to the Paper Pencil podcast. As always, I am Swarnavo and a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Joining me today is Alicia Govius all the way from Dubai. Alicia is a self-taught artist who dabbles with caricature, fashion illustrations and something I find super interesting, body painting. So if you happen to visit her website or Instagram page I'm sure you'll be amazed by the beautiful paintings that she does on people. Uh you know the first thing I thought was I'm glad Alicia did not go to my school as a kid because back in the day every time I tried making fake tattoos on my arms with uh, ballpoint pens back in school the teachers would give me a really hard time for it. So let's get started with this episode. Uh Alicia welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much Swar. Thank you for having me on. Um it's been a a wonderful journey uh, thus far and i look forward to sharing so much more about it with everyone perfect me too me too looking forward to it alright so uh, alisha again thank you so much for making it happen i know that uh, you have been quite busy cuz i do follow you on instagram and i know last week was quite busy with you uh, i think going to the mall every single day but not for shopping but for something else completely so we will talk about yeah. that uh, definitely so you know uh, I always find a good place to start off the conversation in these podcast episodes is to start off with the mm. journey of the artist right so uh, let me throw yeah. it back to you put the ball in your court why don't you take us through your journey where it all started i know that you are also kind of from india in a way but you are also born in india <laughs> right so probably let's get into that as well so yeah over to you let me introduce myself first i yeah. am originally indian um so i'm from mangalore but i was born and raised in dubai and i've lived here my entire life um so i'm a bit of a nomad kid in that sense uh, because i take inspiration ideas from both countries i love both countries both countries are my home uh, whenever i travel outside of india and dubai and people ask me where i'm from i always say that i'm originally indian but i'm from dubai most of the time people have no idea what that means but um but the good thing is that you know i think for third culture kids uh, as confusing as it may be you have a wonderful sense of blend and balance i feel like whenever i go back to india it is such vibrant change um, you know you've got colors the music the history the languages the kind of people the foods everything evokes inspiration um, in an artist for me uh, when i go back to india Of course Dubai is wonderful in a sense that the Arabian culture um you know just our our growth in such a short span of time and everything to do with our music as well the kind of foods we like the emirati hospitality is just one that is so admirable you know it's it's so beautiful now we're approaching the season of Ramadan as well and the the spirit of it and in fact they have so many events where they they actually hire a lot of artists um because you know three forms of art that are really popular during ramadan is henna so you like the the women love to get a lot of henna done arabic calligraphy is a very very popular style in this region so um you know people do big like murals canvases they do simple like gift cards with your names um you know in arabic calligraphy um and then you also have oud players who play it's like a little like a little banjo sort of a an mm-hmm. instrument so there's so many different forms of art that are popular during different seasons um 
and that's inspiring as well. You know, it's it's really wonderful to to sort of be a part of. Um, so my journey was pretty much, and I always tell this to people: it was not something pre-planned. It uh, was not something I went into having an idea or a sort of uh, concrete, you know, just knowledge of the field or how I'd be surviving or sustaining or just finding lucrative ways of making art um, a professional sort of opportunity for me. It just happened to me. Um, It's quite interesting. I was in college. uh, So between the age of 19 to 21, I was studying human resources. I was doing my bachelor's in human resources here in Dubai. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, we have a lot of like events here that hire, um, you know, promoters and hostesses and um, a lot of college kids love to do that for a little side buck. It's very, um, it's very sort of motivating in a sense, because you, you also start networking at an early age, you start sort of getting into the working world. And um, it's good because you learn a sense of financial control and understanding savings and all of these things are very important life skills I feel so you know I used to work a lot of a lot of jobs when I was in college and um, I remember there was this one event for a restaurant chain and we were actually just working there as promoters you know and uh, they had I, I saw a palette they had like a palette of face paints and their face painter didn't show up for the event um, I think the, the face painter backed out Okay. Um, which was interesting because they were really panicked and they were uh, going around saying, oh my gosh, you know, this, it was a 10th anniversary of that restaurant. Um, so they were really nervous. They were like, is there anybody who can do simple things, you know, just simple stuff for kids, like hearts on the cheek wow. of simple butterfly, uh, stuff like that. And I had been to drawing class when I was a kid. So this is, I would say, from the age of five to about 10. And I loved it. I always remember art being my favorite class to be in. Uh, It was a good getaway from school. And it was just so freeing. And out of all my teachers from school, from music class, my my parents put me to learn everything. So that's great. Um, so is which, that, which, which is amazing. Like, I think you you had a very uh, Bengali way of growing up. I must say, because again, I've mentioned this before as well. Like in Bengal, it's a very yeah. similar thing where uh, the parents would definitely put the kids into an art class or a music class or a dance class. So everybody kind of like nine out of 10 kids go for some or the other extracurricular class after let's say your education school is over right so I think you had a very Bengali way of growing up in that way in fact my art teacher was from Calcutta her name is Reena Mitra oh Um, I would actually love to fall you know at at some point I would hope that she would listen to this because an absolutely phenomenal art teacher and wonderful I just remember connecting with my art teacher so much because she was so human right you know in school in I went to an Indian school in Dubai so it was pretty intense um you know we we had CBSE it was really really intense um which is which is why I never did any after 10 like after the age of 10 because there was just no time um I just remember studying and then there were tuitions after school for that and um it's really sad now that I think about it because I completely Are you lost. Sure you were growing up dis- in Dubai? Are you sure you were growing up in Dubai or was it just India? <laughs> you won't believe it, Swar. My school 
only had Indian. It was called the Indian High School, Dubai. Okay. So uh, we had we had only we had only Indian students and Indian teachers, and it was a, it is still a huge school. It was so intense. I cannot even tell you how intense it was. Um, yeah, we were extreme. We are extremely Indian in that sense because we had Hindi up until eighth grade. Um, national anthem every Wednesday. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very uh, intense form of education because you know, although we were away from India, we were taught every single thing about our where our rivers flow, our tributaries, our where the cotton fields are. So we know a lot about our history and our culture, um, which wow. is nice in a sense because yeah, it kept us very rooted, uh, but also a bit, I would say, closeted because you know, in an international sort of environment like Dubai, right. when you come straight out of an Indian school, you are a bit lost because you're like, hey, what? Like this is not what I was taught in school. <laughs> you know, the the world is yeah, the world is so different in. Um, it's just so different in, in its global sense here in Dubai. Yeah. So there, there are good, good, there are plus and minuses to the whole, uh, you know, system of education, I would say. But when I was in school, I never really, you know, between fifth standard to all the way up until I finished uh, 12th, I never really pursued arts or music mm. because it was just study, study, study. So when I was in art class between that young age and those are, you know, your formative years, right. um, my my teacher was just so human. She would not ask me about my grades, about school. She would just she would just have a conversation with me, you know, about life, about art, about travel, about foods we liked, about music. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, Rina, ma'am, is my best friend. <laughs> like she is. I looked forward to her class because of our interactions and I think because of our um, conversation more than the the idea of you know going to class to study art as such that was never a that was never on the agenda um, no, this, for this me. Is very interesting because uh, I can automatically yeah. with something I think she kind of uh, treated you with respect like not as a child but as a human being uh, is that a correct way to say that? Mm-hmm. That is so true. That is tr- so true. So, you know, I think the problem with, again, I don't, I haven't tried any other form of education. So I can only say from mm-hmm. the Indian form of education that you are right. not allowed to think for yourself and you are not allowed to ask questions, which is one of the biggest things that kills your creativity as, as, as a child and as an adult. Uh, and Rina ma'am would always speak to me as an equal. And I loved that. Like there was emphasis on your thoughts even if you were a kid there was emphasis on you know your emotions and uh, it always felt like I wasn't like there wasn't an authority figure in a sense Mm -hmm. that we were friends Um, and I love that it's it's spot on when you said you know it was respect I think it was mutual respect because in school the minute you ask a question it comes off as a threat uh, I feel you know to the authority and uh, in fact, it's not. I think that curiosity is the most important thing for an artist. True. I think that that's that's exactly how we brew ideas and we, um, you know, create. It's because we're curious about the unknown and about the world and about the way things work. Um, and I have always been a very curious kid. Like even now, it's funny because sometimes when I sit and watch movies with my family, mm-hmm. I will pause. Like I pause the movie in between and I have... 10 questions lined up. I'm like, wow. but why did this happen? And how did this happen? And they're like, Anisha, you ask so many questions. <laughs> uh, do you read? I do read. 
so i'll tell you where yes. this thought came from so uh, yesterday hmm. i happened to go out in bangalore to my favorite bookstore i don't know if you i know you come to bangalore so there's this yeah beautiful bookstore <clears throat> called the uh, blossoms in bangalore uh, I yeah i've heard of it you've you heard of it right so uh, i picked up yeah. this book uh, by uh, neil gaiman uh, art matters okay. right and uh, in okay. that one of the pages i remember last night i was reading it where uh, he says that he as a kid he used to love to go to the library because the librarian yeah. over there treated him with respect and never really questioned about okay why do you have to read this book or why that book she would just give him that book and say discuss about books and probably suggest books and neil said that i i always felt very respected over there and that kind of got me into this whole habit of reading uh, and i think that's yeah. a very similar note that i can find with your relationship with let's say reena ma'am and uh, the fact that she yeah. treated you with respect and that kind of also uh, changed your course of life and brought you to art in a way the kind of circle kind of completing in a way right yeah that's so true that's so true um yeah i feel like you know she was such a she played such a big role in uh my sort of development as an artist and the fact that i found that back um so many years later right. you know once i once I, and it accidentally happened to me you know uh, reiterating to the whole event where a face painter backed out right, and then i stepped one. in let's come back to that yeah there is exactly yeah. um so i remember that i offered i was super nervous and i was like look please don't expect anything great out of me because i have last painted when i was 10 mm-hmm. and um, also i've never painted on skin okay. um you know i i don't know <clears throat> i i'm really not sure uh how that works what the consistency of paint is and uh, just generally i was really i remember being so nervous about it but um i remember when i started painting so guests walked in and i started painting simple things again you know a heart or butterfly mm-hmm. um and i remember people were so impressed and i was like what this is so strange because i was an absolute amateur and it all rookie in fact and i thought no there's no way like i there's no way that this is actually a thing you know mm-hmm. but more than people's feedback or people enjoying the experience i felt a sense of fulfillment and it was just a wonderful experience it's it's an absolutely soul touching experience to be able to paint on another person and i can say this because i compare it to i still paint on paper and canvas mm. and i love i love that no doubt the forms of you know watercolor and acrylics and stuff really really are beautiful but painting on a human being is a really really wonderful experience um and that's something i enjoyed so much that i thought okay you know what i need to invest in myself a little bit more like i need to start practicing right um and believe me swar it was no formal education nobody taught me any of this um i watched a lot of youtube videos i got a small face painting kit uh which i still have by the way because i like to remind myself from where i started, started. my mm-hmm. journey and um, you know it's it's so funny because now when i look at it i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i actually painted with that it's it's a very like it's like a kids face painter kit for like birthday parties you know it's it's so it's so it's so sweet really it's so sweet i got that and i practiced every single day you know i practiced on myself i practiced on my arms i practiced on my family members um and it was just wonderful it was a wonderful freeing art form and experience yeah it's difficult for me to imagine because uh, again I, i i thought about it while you were talking i have never painted uh 
on skin ever of course uh, like my skin is a different thing and as i told you earlier so with the ballpoint pens i would like as a kid i would always make tattoos and god knows what all uh, but uh, i have yeah. never really painted on skin so you know that that kind of raises a lot of questions for me but yeah i i'll keep them for later but yeah let's continue yeah. the journey so what happens next so you uh, start investing in yourself youtube comes in what happens after yeah that? okay so i remember then uh, being so you know excited mm-hmm. for new tutorials by and now i would like to mention some of my gurus so for face painting especially children's designs mm-hmm. um which is where i started from which is okay. the very beginning or the start point of my journey mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i followed this youtube sort of face painter she's based in the uk her name is ashley henson and she does these wonderful tutorials for like um you know that's trendy as well so like when the movie frozen came out right there were lots of like there were lots of kids who wanted the elsa crown with like snowflakes and people wanted olaf the little um, snowman mm. which is which is in a way so interesting because i end up learning a lot about cartoons and movies and disney okay. i have to keep up you know from that because if i am at a birthday party face painting a child and i don't know what uh, what the character is it it's you know it's a bit of a waste of time then i have to google it huh. so in a sense that it's really connected me back with my childhood as well it's sort of and i loved this i've always loved disney but again as you go into school and then college and become an adult you lose such a big part of childhood right. which is so sad right. which is really so sad so it's taken me back to my childhood it's taken me back to a happier time a simple time So you know Ashley Henson does a lot of these very nice tutorials where she teaches you brush techniques how to work with stencils and a sponge and how much paint to use how to make your own like face paint split cakes um mm-hmm. how to just generally stippling like techniques and you know the different kinds of sponges you have and how to work with children between different ages because you do have kids who are a bit like fidgety between the age okay. of maybe say like 4 to 6 and then 6 to 8 is a little more they're a bit more calm they'll sit still you know and then 8 to like maybe say 12 is a, is much more relaxed you're almost having a conversation mm-hmm. with them um, as an adult and then of course after 12 it's like teenage like no thanks i don't want face paint face paint is not cool <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's 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 um really really funny but you know it's very interesting because i watched those tutorials and it became such a big routine like how some people watch netflix before sleeping or while eating that's what i would do oh nice you know i would it became those tutorials became a, a sort of habit it was a habitual watching for me um mm-hmm. i still am that person to a large extent with any form of art that i'm trying i will watch videos on repeat before sleeping when i wake up during meals so that it really it reinforces my learning and my um you know my studying of that of that style i love her work ashley's really really talented um of course i love then i started moving on to like body paint and more special effects and stuff mm-hmm. and then i started watching um you know work from anna lingis she's another artist in the uk uh, maria malone is a very very talented illusion style artist uh she does like illusion face paint so she like transform her face into oh nice uh, you know something else um i've had the privilege of even meeting these artists i went to the uk for a convention a face and body convent a painting convention and so i met them 
and they were so wonderful they were so helpful and you know they they gave me a lot of useful tips and information um so you know it just it it sort of built up on that and i think the minute i started of course it did help at the time because instagram and facebook were i think still doing okay right um, not sabotaging yeah not really sabotage sabotaging <laughs> our uh, our you know self esteem so i i would say that um, yeah while i would share pictures of my work <laughs> this was um 2014 yeah mm-hmm. 2013 2014 i would share pictures of my work on social media and um, you know people's feedback and support was so 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 overwhelming yeah i just remember automatically thinking you know what i i think that this is this is the path for me um right. you know you at some point you realize what your calling is uh, because of a bunch of factors i think it's um how fulfilling is it how happy has it made you Mm-hmm. um also you know is it lucrative can you sustain mm-hmm. um are you able to make a living out of it like these are things that are so important to be addressed as well as you grow up because obviously we live in a real world and um you know as much as we love to draw and paint it's not always feasible mm-hmm. and it's not always um i mean it's not always sustainable when you are uh, in a pretty i mean dubai is a pretty expensive city mm-hmm. um you know so it is not it's not always easy um i always tell people like you will not have happy painty artsy days every day there will be some days that will be really difficult actually yeah. um but i think ultimately yeah i think it's about finding that balance so maybe having a corporate job or having something some other source of income on the side um i know lots of artists for example who teach so they mm-hmm. teach part time and right. then they are artists part time or right. some of them are also like musicians and artists or some of them are um they have corporate jobs and you know pursue art on the weekends or uh, some people have little home businesses like they make yeah. they they bake or they right. make little handmade soap so whatever it is um some of them are like graphic designers but also you know traditional fine art um right. teachers and stuff as well so i think finding a balance where you know that okay i've got a job that gives me money and yes, feeds yes. me right. um, and um you know and here i've got my passion which mm-hmm. i i live for and i'm so like i'm so passionate about um i think that that's when it's sort of a good uh, balance and a holistic way to live because then you're not i mean right now as an artist you know freelancing you're the one scouting for work you're the one trying to um negotiate and doing the job and also chasing your payments and also right. i mean it is not it is not um i always tell people that sometimes it's not just the art job it is everything It's around that um right. that that is so draining and very time consuming so in order to um have a good balance i think a good option is to always have like a backup mm. not a backup plan but you know i think if there's one thing the pandemic has taught us it is put your eggs in yeah. many baskets <laughs> yeah so that so that you know you don't say one thing falls or one thing fails you don't have to sort of um rely mm-hmm. on just one form of income or right. 
ஒரேங்க um so dubai has actually really um sort of focused on emerging artists and uh, just the art scene you know at large in the last 10 years i would say um before that i think that we were still largely in our growth and development stage and of course we've grown so much and so quickly mm-hmm. over the last 20 25 years art is now a very very respectable form of uh, you know uh, say a, if someone does it as a hobby or as a profession i think people are very aware now right. um of course you'll still occasionally have people who are a bit clueless but i think at large uh, people are quite respect like respectful of arts as a field mm-hmm. uh the city does a lot to sort of inspire artists so we have the entire month of, month of march and april we've got the food and art season mm-hmm. um which is interesting because it's oh. now and um yeah and so we have three art conventions that happen uh, every year of course one of them has not been able to happen this year because of covid but mm-hmm. two of them are happening with social distancing and stuff um it's called art dubai and uh, the other one is called world art dubai so world art dubai is called an affordable art exhibition mm-hmm. wherein people are able to buy and and artists exhibit um sculptures photography you know canvas works um customized goods <clears throat> all of that um so people are able to buy art for affordable prices okay so it's not one of your it's yeah it's not a ridiculous gallery priced right uh, sort of convention which is nice because that way you attract people from everywhere yeah exactly um you know correct and um art dubai is a bit um i think it would be a bit on the luxury i mean it's for the luxury um sort of audience mm-hmm. because um you know your paintings there are are definitely more uh just targeted they're a bit more niche mm-hmm. um and i think they're specific to art lovers who understand those art forms and have a, an already existing relationship with those artists like who have mm-hmm. bought works you know right, previously right, right. from those um, artists so and that happens also at a very different venue it's um i mean art dubai has always been at a very big fancy hotel called madina chumera but this year it's at another location so it automatically attracts a crowd that's a bit more hmm. uh, businessy and uh, okay. just you know people who are very professional in that sense i'm okay. guessing a lot of developers and interior designers and architects mm-hmm. go there um right. but world art dubai is just for art lovers you know you have children you have parents you have family you have a lot of families who come there to buy mm-hmm. um so it's art for mainly 
homes and for uh, private use. So, um, so these are two big conventions that happen. Um, the other one that I absolutely love, which is not happening this year, unfortunately, it's called Sitka. Mm -hmm. um, it is an art event for 10 days that happens in our old, like it's a, it's called Fahidi Fort. Mm -hmm. um, it is basically like our old, it's one of our old structures that is, it's beautiful. It's like this little Arabian um, sort of like these little homes mm -hmm. that have still that they've still maintained and they've kept and they in those homes uh, have art exhibitions oh, nice. Um, nice. and it's beautiful it's got these little like stairs and a little stairway and then you go up and then there's something else and they've got a coffee museum there um, and it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and this happens for 10 days where they've got like they have musicians um, you know, they've got all sorts of artists who come and exhibit and participate and buy. And they've got these little food trucks as well. Yeah, overall, it's just a wonderful, I think, event. But of course, because of how close and narrow it is. So the whole Fahidi Fort is actually a very old Arabian structure. Okay. So it's, it's, it's small houses, very, you know, low doors as well. Like you have right. to bend and go inside. Right. Uh, so because of all of that, you know, this year, um, they're not going to be able to have it. But so these are three really big events that they have in the month of March, basically before the summer starts and people don't go out as much. Um, but just generally, people have a lot of events. So, you know, you've got the Formula One, you've got mm -hmm. um, yeah. Dubai Shopping Festival, you've got so many public events, international events, you've got concerts, um, you know, flea markets and these little like um, community events that happen as well that hire artists. So it's a great um, professional opportunity for artists because we are really uh, given that sort of importance. We are really given an opportunity. Um, you know, we have artists here now that are specializing in graffiti, calligraphy. They do... Um, you know, minimalism, uh, people work with resin, like it is so diverse, which is wonderful because um, when you have an opportunity, you feel like you need to start investing and in a skill and working on it, you know, um, so I think as an which has inspired. In Dubai, uh, I think as an artist in Dubai, you will be exposed or you can expect a lot of international audience as well, right? Because of the nature of the city, nature of the place. If you are an artist there and let's say you happen to be part of these conventions, I'm guessing you yeah. would actually have a lot of uh, diverse set of clientele as well, uh, just because of the yeah. geography and the, the importance of that place. That, that's great. So now, you know what, let, let's probably use this as a, a way to kind of get into your uh, projects, right? So the projects that you have been up yeah. to, right? So why don't you take us through a couple of your, let's say, your, your favorite projects? I know you've been doing quite a few, but uh, a couple of them that have been really close to your heart that uh, kind of gave you a little bit of, let's say, limelight as well. Because again, as an artist, that's definitely something which boosts your confidence as well, right? In any of those that you want to talk about because I you know started off as a face painter then moved on to body painting I think when you're self-taught there's no there are no boundaries and there are no rules which right. I find wonderful right. you know um, I know a lot of art students who went to school and who went and did a degree in whichever specific field and now they only do that I mean that's wonderful but I feel like creativity can be seen and found and inspired through a variety of things. So um, for me, I, I never like to limit myself to just one form of art 
or mm-hmm. one category. Um, so I'm always exploring, always trying new things, always learning, failing, but learning again. So I remember once I got into the whole body paint industry, I had some wonderful opportunities. Oh my gosh. So I painted a superhero. I painted the Green Lantern at Comic-Con. It was a full body paint oh, on wow. um, a, a you know a personal trainer, a friend of mine. Um, it's got a wonderful body, great canvas. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so nice to have, um, you know, sort of mapping out your plan of your, your body paint on someone who's actually standing in front of you. It's just, it's such a cool experience, seriously. And to be painting on a talking canvas, it's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Um, so that was one of the experiences that were really, really special, very close to my heart. I worked with some really big brands in the cosmetic industry, uh, you know, and it was nice because I think that that's when I sort of started doing a couple of brand collaborations, worked with NYX, I worked with Smashbox, um, uh, did a few things with Mac as well and Makeup Forever. And uh, these are international beauty and cosmetic brands. So, you know, when they would approach me and, um, you know, I would I would do a couple of like, say, maybe video tutorials for them or um, just generally review their latest collections. I think it was a very rewarding sense of achievement because I I mean, like I never viewed myself as an influencer. I still don't. I hate the word. Um, um, Never saw myself as like a makeup person. For me, it was just art and the love of it. Mm-hmm. And working with different mediums every time. So I think that that's when that sort of creativity really like spewed because people were so intrigued um, as to, like you said, it's so unique. You know, how can you paint on skin, on bodies? Um, so, yeah, I started working with a lot of brands. I It was amazing. I had an event with Makeup Forever where they basically booked a two-day getaway for their Middle East um, artists Mm -hmm. and they had flown some of the artists from Kuwait, Saudi and it was so wonderful because we were all taken to an island and it was a yeah it was a fully expense paid um, trip I would say it was was crazy it we were taken to an island we were given a full two-day stay um, and they had a full convention for us where they I mean, they took us through, they got people to come from Facebook to give us a chat. Um, And, you know, they told us about analytics on YouTube and how we can get better. And it was a convention on their products and on the skill of makeup artistry. And we had little groups as well to, you know, we had team building exercises. It was like a, it was, it was a wonderful convention, but it was so cool because there were products given to us. Uh, in I think maybe two massive suitcases Whoa. you know we we were given a ring light we were given a full two two sort of suitcases of all of the Makeup Forever products I mean it was just wonderful I, I will never forget that experience in my life they had given us brushes oh. engraved with our names on it oh wow yeah so we all got our own brush kit with and in, you know uh, our names engraved on it and yeah, I just, I remember thinking, and we all had our own private pools. We had our own rooms. We had private pools. And on the last day when the event ended, so the last dinner that we had together, and it was so interesting because you had, everyone was an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everyone was creative and 
the last dinner that we had had a theme for the night. It was the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. So everyone, everyone had to dress up and be as creative as possible um, from that time and from that era. And they had to do their makeup in that style as well. And yeah. it, was, it was just, it was so wonderful. Um, you know, and it was such good memories with all my artist friends. I remember like we, we all, you know, went into a little pool party when it ended. And, um, you know, just overall, I feel like that experience was really a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I just, I can't believe that I got to experience that. And, right. um, you know, I, right after that, I was approached by a university to actually do a TEDx talk. So I, I've actually given a TEDx um, talk Lovely. in 2017. And, uh, you know, it, it's just been a wonderful journey. I mean, I have enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed all of it. Uh, body painting, you know, face paint. I've, each one of those categories has its own speciality. And that's why I tell people, you know, because some people say, oh, no, you're a body paint artist now. You're so big. Do you still want to face paint children? I still face paint children at children's birthday parties. I love it. For me, art is not about the status, uh, how right. big you've gotten, um, what kind of brand collaborations you're doing. I'm happy to sit on the grass in the sun and paint a bunch of kids because it's rejuvenating. It reminds me of my roots. It reminds me of where I started from. I have an interesting conversation. You know, I love, I love talking to children. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sort of allows me to experiment as well a little more because I feel like with adults, when you body paint, we're all a little more rigid in that sense. You know, so I think children are so much more carefree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I aspire to be. Um, and I remind myself of it every time. Every time I feel like I have adulted enough for a day. Oh, nice. I'm like, okay. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done being an adult now. I'm I'm gonna switch over. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, I've done a bunch of rewarding projects. Uh, there was a design event that I mean, this is a design magazine. Uh, that that does a lot of work for interiors and architects in this region. Um, so there was a company that manufactures marble mm-hmm. um, that contacted me and said, we'd like to do a little like a live performance uh, with our brand. So they had two massive marble slabs. Uh, one was white and one was black. And they said, could you body paint um, people with marble print um, so that they can okay. camouflage? Can camouflage, nice. Yeah. Wow. So I did that. Uh, I did that as well. This was in 2019. Um, and I, I would love to there, there is. Yeah. So this, the thing is that because it was outdoors, uh, the lighting wasn't that great. I mean, they had a spotlight because they were also done. I, so I basically had to get the, um, I mean, my human canvases had to be dancers more than models uh, because they had to emerge out of that marble slab and they had to basically right. move around and perform a little bit. So, um, you know, they had spotlights on them. So the lighting wasn't that great. And unfortunately, I only have one picture. Um, I'll share that with you. I have one picture, uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful experience because, um, you know, I think when you finish the whole piece and the whole work and you just watch it from afar and you just stand I, there I, thinking, I oh my God, that. you know, I mean, you just think I created this, like, okay. how's that possible? Um it was so rewarding, so rewarding. So that's something that's very close to my heart as well. Um, this was, uh, yeah, at a design sort of media 
uh, event back in 2019. I've done a bunch of body pain projects that have been so fulfilling. Okay. Um, so you know what? And then this, I sort of interesting. Yeah. This, I'm sorry to cut you, but this is very interesting. And I think, uh, I think since we have been talking about body painting for a while, I think this is a great uh, point to talk about that. So mm. I'm interested to know a couple of things. Okay, so one is mm. the kind of materials you use. What, what paint do you yeah. use? I'm guessing you won't use an acrylic uh, paint or some sort of a, uh, thing like that. I'm guessing there will yeah. be something specific. One. Uh, second is, are there any specific brushes that you use? Too. And hmm. finally, how do you source your models? Because I know for, uh, let's say, projects that you do and not, let's say, uh, buy brands, uh, you have to hmm. get your own models, right? And I I, I want to know how the conversation goes where you are asking somebody, <laughs> hey, can you stand in front of me for, let's say, two, three hours and while I paint all over you? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> That's such a good question, Swar. In fact, nobody's asked me that before. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're getting to talk about this because this will be absolutely new. Okay. I use face and body paints. It is not acrylic. I would never, ever advise people to, to work with watercolor or acrylics or oils on skin. Please, for the love of God, I always tell people, do not use that. It is not very hard to find. If you check on Amazon, you can get, it's a simple starter brand. So the brand is called uh, Snazaru and it is a, it's a really widely available brand. Uh, you know, you get it everywhere and um, it's quite reasonable and very, very safe, hypoallergenic. It's yeah, perfect I, because I in a sense- it on Amazon, it's there. Yeah, it's, it's there. So for the listeners, it's there on Amazon in Snazaru uh, face paints. Uh, yep, I, I can exactly. metallic and everything. Yep, okay. Yeah. And it's wonderful because you, um, you know, that's the brand that you start with. Everyone starts with Snazaru. Uh, you know, you, you work with children um, and, you know, you obviously need to use paints that are very safe. So, and, and I've been using Snazaru for what, seven years now. So if it's worked okay with children, it definitely mm-hmm. works with adults. Right. Um, of course, Snazaru is a great brand. However, it is a beginner's brand. Um, you know, I think that in terms of pigment and the amount of color payoff, um, there are brands that uh, do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another brand called Meron, M-E-H-R-O-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meron is an Australian, yeah, Australian brand. Um, and they basically do professional face and body paints. Okay. Um, so they they have like a range that is really, really pigmented and has a beautiful um, you know they've got a wide range they've got every color with different shades um, they've also got gold and silver pigments that you can mix with a mixing liquid and it's a more professional brand yeah I can Just see they have got like entire palettes and stuff of Meron so again exactly. Meron is there on Amazon India again I'm searching for it Yay! Uh, yeah so in case people are interested they can go for it yeah so next yeah so what yeah. else do you use okay so um, these are I would say primarily brands that I work with for face paint, face and body paint. However, for um, brushes, I always prefer to use round tip brushes because, you know, you get that precision with thin versus thick lines uh, better than flat. We very rarely work with flat brushes unless you're doing, say, um, you know, maybe if, I mean, of course, when you're doing a full body paint, you can't use a round, you need a massive flat or a whatever basically a really big brush mm. um that's when that's the only time i use a flat brush uh i do work with flat brushes for like split cakes and split cakes are basically when you have four three or four colors in one palette so when you take one swipe with the brush 
and you apply it you've already got three colors oh, um wow. so so uh, it, the how the paint palette would look is it, it would have vertical stripes of maybe right. say orange a blend a gradient on, on amazon right yeah. i saw something similar to that on amazon yep um so it's called a split cake because it's basically a blend of maybe say three or more colors um in okay. one palette costly yeah i'm looking i'm still on amazon i'm sorry but it did yeah costly you know that's the thing swar the like it is costly but it is a lifetime investment because one palette lasts you for so long oh seriously um it really does because you actually just end up using like for example you're working with you know say flowers or mm-hmm. you're working with maybe leaves for a pattern mm-hmm. you don't use that much um and i think the colors that run out the quickest are white and black other than that you know your the other colors pretty much remain for i mean i have paints that have lasted for so long however i also do think yeah i mean while they are being costly i do think that it is a very very safe option mm-hmm. um for skin you know that's important which is so important because when you think about it you're like this is not going on canvas this is not right. going on um you know it's not going on a wall it's going on your skin in, so right. you really want to make sure that you are uh, being safe and being wise with this choice and and another thing is when we do quote our prices per hour for say face paint people when they come to us and they bargain about it and believe me that happens everywhere okay. um you know when when they do that i think that's when we show them this pricing of materials okay. you know and we say look it's not it's not at all a a cheap profession to have because you are really investing in your materials and yeah so i think that it is a very good way of sort of working in the arts field because you're not just painting at home on canvas you're doing a lot of socializing right. interacting with people um you are learning while you're on the job you learn a lot of interpersonal skills and social skills Absolutely. um and yeah i think it is wonderful to work with children because um you know you learn a lot i think some of the biggest life lessons i've learned as an adult has been from children so yeah i think that yeah these are mainly brands i work with for face and body painting um so brushes there is a brand called low cornell Mm-hmm. um these are not these are not mandatory to use of course even if you have say watercolor brushes right. um they work fine however um acrylic or anything with a slightly coarse bristle um i would not recommend because they, it doesn't pick up the paint properly and it doesn't get it on the skin properly as well it's also a bit like rough so mm-hmm. watercolor brushes are perfectly fine um round tip brushes also work Yeah I think that we also work with sponges a bit because sometimes what yeah. happens is with brushes you get strokes so you know so when you're working yeah yeah so sponges is um more uh, sort of even Correct. you don't get lines and yeah. um it the product stays better as well and it doesn't drip um so we work with different sponges for different effects as well so yeah this is this is pretty much it for face and body paints um along with brushes i personally order mine from the states i i do have some family members who live there so whenever they come um you know they i order it to their place and they bring it here to dubai so that i avoid the shipping mm-hmm. costs because that's that's a bomb right um however in dubai right now the only brand we get is snazaru um so you know i my snazaru days are done um you know i i love the brand but it is a very beginners sort of brand to work with 
ஸ்டென்ட் However, I am so accustomed to it now. I am so accustomed to seeing the human body Correct. over and over again that um, it's nothing but a canvas for me. And um, it's wonderful in a sense because I, you know, when I was first starting out, I think people were a bit, a bit weary and they were like, what? This sounds shady. Um, I think there is a, a big plus point in being a girl and approaching someone. um you know i think that it it has worked in my favor in that sense um because yeah people i guess they're not as i you know, can imagine just say they're not uh, <laughs> i can imagine yeah, yeah. then they're, they're not as they're not as stressed out um so i think that i i started off by approaching women of course and sharing some simple pictures of my work mm. you know on like i would do like face paints and stuff so it was very hard it still is very hard for because there's so many factors first of all you have to get comfortable um with body paint mm. um second you have to make sure that they are available um and you are available because unlike painting on a canvas where you can pick up a canvas and work on it any time it's a day right. or night right. um working on a human being requires you to check whether it suits their schedule right. um you know and it is very very tiring because unlike a canvas or working on paper where say maybe you work for 1 hour take a break work on it tomorrow or that night here you can't just be like yeah just hang around for 6 7 hours i'll get back to you it doesn't work that way <laughs> you know everyone's on a like a schedule and um, you have to you start your body paint you have to finish it there's there's no there's no way that we take I so mean of how, course you take like 10 minutes. So I I'm so I'll tell you what I'm going through a website right now and again for the listeners her website link will of course be on the uh, show notes and I'm going through I, I yeah. think I saw that uh, marble thing that you spoke about as well. So yeah it's on my website. website. Yes it's, it's on my there. website. And, yeah. and I'm also looking at the yeah. other superhero things that you do let's say the full body paint so how much time does it take to let's say paint on the entire body from top to bottom how, how much time does it take? Okay so if you are doing something like a single color Mm-hmm. um and maybe just a gradient something really simple mm-hmm. um even the marble print one was fairly simple in a sense because you you did a simple base like say black or white mm-hmm. and then you just worked your way with the print right correct in that case i would say full body front and back per person takes about i would say 4 hours wow both for the model and the artist to stand there and get that done it uh, it would be very difficult wow it is physically exhausting sword it is exhausting wow. um it's it's exhausting on the health on your physical posture on your back and shoulders mm-hmm. um the model also gets very tired because what happens is they're just i mean of course i do this thing where i like to give them a good balance so i tell them stand sit stretch your knee out mm-hmm. um turn back so i give them that flexibility with moving around but for right. the artist you're constantly just bending and painting mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so it gets it gets really really tiring yeah it does get very tiring i think that that and that's the basic huh that's basically just 
single color, simple print. Right. If you are doing a design that is complex, like I've I've actually participated in a body painting competition um, where we had to do a full body paint front and back, and we had a time limit. They gave us a time limit. Okay. Um, it was the time limit was seven hours, so we all painted for seven hours nonstop. Oh. Uh, yeah, of course, we took a like fifteen minute break, but we didn't want to miss out. Like nobody wants to miss right. out on their time, exactly. right? So <clears throat> yeah, we just we worked nonstop, and it was so tiring. Um, and the theme was so this competition was in the UK back in twenty sixteen, um, and the theme was urban jungle. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because um, I come from an urban jungle. Dubai is very, right. you know, urban in that sense. Um, right. The difficult part is to translate your designs onto a body it's it's very very hard you know um so that was that happened in yeah in 2016 very very good experience I mean I didn't win but it was it was a wonderful experience because it just teaches you so much about people and Mm. a competition and what the judges are looking for and what you're graded on and being self-taught, I think that that was an achievement in a sense because, you know, I went with no formal education, mm-hmm. no awareness of how a body paint competition works. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot. I learned so much. and I will be taking part in the future as well. Um, you know, we do have a really big international body painting competition. It happens in Austria, uh, usually in July. Mm-hmm. I Again, I don't think it'll happen this year. Uh, but it's been on my bucket list. It's been a dream. And, um, you know, I definitely will be participating in that. So in that sense, I think with approaching models, I've just been absolutely fearless and even shameless, if, you know, that's what people call it. Um, right. My beliefs were is that there is no harm in trying. Um, as long as your intentions are, are clear and, you know, um, you believe in, your ideas and yourself Mm. um i don't think there is any way the universe stops you from achieving what you have to and um you know just getting there um i have been rejected a lot a lot of people have said no i'm not comfortable with body paint um it's completely fine i mean you Mm -hmm. can't expect everyone to be the same and uh, it's very difficult sometimes to find models for your work but and also when you have to approach strangers on the internet and literally just slide into their DMs like a creep saying, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, I'm looking to paint someone. Uh, it will require you to, you know, be in minimal clothing. I think it's a, it's definitely a bit strange, but, you know, I think that you'd be amazed the number of people that are willing to try something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one. And also, I think once you build on your social skills. Um, It's all in your approach. It's all in the way you, you know, you approach people and um, are reassuring because now when I approach people, I think it's, I I send them pictures of my work in my message, in my initial message. And I think when they see my page, when they see my work and they see that this is what I do uh, for Mm -hmm. a living, I think a lot of people are very intrigued. 
eight out of ten times, uh, wow. it's always a yes. That's a, yeah. that's a great number. I think uh, the fact that you have a portfolio right now, which kind of adds to the credibility, is something which uh, I'm, I'm sure works yeah. in its advantage. In fact, uh, to the listeners again, if you ever happen to go to her website and uh, visit the body painting section of the website, uh, Alicia, I yeah. love. I'll tell you my favorite. Okay, the second one that you have yeah. on your website, which is uh, of this girl, <laughs> uh, the the skin yeah. that the rib cage can be. Seen. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely love it. Like I think maybe Thank you. the black and the white part that you've done, white of course the background bit of it, and the black yeah. outlining that you've done, it's phenomenal. I the first time Thank I saw you. it, uh, I, I could not really uh, like figure out what I was looking at. But then yeah, it took me a while. But then it's amazing. I also see you Thanks. do a lot of work with uh, uh, pregnant women, right? Where you uh, yeah illustrate let's say the newborn over there, right? Yeah, correct. So I've actually just started working with a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, I used to film and photograph these myself. I've actually now started working with a maternity photographer because I realized that they have a sense of understanding of lighting uh, much better, correct. and just photography in general, like with the whole obviously, like you know, posing with that body shape, angles, mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's so complex, and I think that you know you need to do a technical study in that, and so. I work with a wonderful photographer. Um, it's called Modern Dream Photography. And uh, we are working on some very interesting packages to offer to mums to be, you know, that involve body paint and uh, maternity photos. Um, and it's just, it's that for me is another elevation of body paint because nice. there you're working on two canvases. Um, Oh, yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it's uh, wonderful. Perfect. So my last question on body paint, and of course, after that, we'll move towards the closure. Hmm. Again, something which I'm very intrigued, okay? How much time does it take to remove the paint after that's done? So sure, the painting is one part of it, of course, but let's say if I uh, uh, do a full... Also, another thing, uh, again, a technical question, Hmm. does hair become a problem let's say when you are uh, painting i'm guessing because that will kind of mess up your brushwork as well right so one question yes. is the, the hair part and the second is of course how much time does it take to remove the body paint after it's done okay great question so hair definitely interferes with brushwork um sometimes what happens is if it's very light mm-hmm. you can still work with it um but what happens is it still doesn't give you that perfect sort of finish because then you've got a you've got some texture uneven sort um, of you know correct. yeah which which is which isn't like ideal always um i obviously learned this and i've learned everything through trial and error okay. uh, so you know none of this was given to me in a notebook or a textbook it was just i i've done i've done this mistake of not informing my models in advance you know please shave or please wax or whatever it is and then i've been on the event on the job and at the photo shoot and i've been like oh my gosh I can't paint over here, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it does get, it does get, um, it does get complicated, especially when I work on Halloween with men, because um, that's the time I work on men's faces a lot, um, right. you know, and I paint skulls and whatever different mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Men are very, very big on not shaving their beard and right. their mustache, which I get, yeah. uh, but it's just, you can't, you just can't, you know, yeah, you just I'm can't work imagine with. Imagine how would you paint a skull on a face which has a good amount of beard? It's, it's so I've difficult. Done it. How, how would you do it? it? I've how done would... it so many times. 
No, but that's that's yeah. that's a that's a definite problem. So how did you solve it? So how did you uh, manage to draw the skull on the beard? So tell me about so, uh, forehead and all. I understand, of course, but beard. How do you yeah. do that? So while drawing the skull, um, so you can't do much, honestly, Swar. You can't. I mean, obviously, you've got and the beard that too is not, you know, it's not sparse. Like it's not thin hair and it's not mm-hmm. light usually. It's really? almost always dark. Um, right. You know, just generally we have a lot of Middle Eastern. just generally indians and middle eastern men uh, right. we all have black dark right. brown black hair so painting over anything that's that dark become best you can so obviously you work with the with the cheekbone you work with the mm-hmm. eye socket you work with the nose um the teeth become the most difficult to paint on because on you know you've got so much hair yeah, right. exactly you've right. got so much hair it doesn't it doesn't look its best i'll be really honest and i tell my clients that i tell them that in advance oh. if they pick a look because people do this mistake of going on to pinterest and instagram and they just see what they like and they share a picture with me and i'm like okay great however you need to be clean shaved for this and then they right. say no i'm not going to do that there's no way right. i can go back to office looking like this <laughs> um yeah but then i just tell them i say let's pick another look you know we could do something else but if sometimes you know people are adamant and if they right. want that specific look um then i just tell them hey look it's not going to look like this image i'm letting you know in advance this person is clean shaven and you're not so um you know we'll do the best we can do so and it's, most it's of the time skull with a beard so yeah exactly. that's a, <laughs> that's a look that's a look by itself uh, you know i, I guess not? you just sort of make do yeah exactly. and i think that's been a very interesting thing as well with my career it's been a lot of adjusting because uh. you don't always have the say and you don't always call the shots when you paint a mural a canvas hmm. um on paper or digitally you are the master of your creation right. you decide you're in control you're in the, control of the thing full yeah. control right with body paint you have very little control it is more control of your canvas it is more control of what they're okay with and what they're not so i think being creative at its maximum and innovating on the spot innovating sometimes on the spot, on yeah. the spot yeah on the spot okay. people have told me no i don't like this color can we change it now obviously you can't insist and say this is what you know this is what you wanted mm-hmm. um if mm-hmm. if your client or if a, a person says i'm not happy with what's on my face you have to change it and you have to make that adjustment um so it does become very challenging wow. yeah very challenging interpersonally like socially like correct as as people yeah. it becomes difficult uh, more than just doing the job that, that's so that's so true yeah that's so true because uh, i'm just constantly thinking right now when i do let's say uh, i'd make a painting on a canvas i don't really have mm. to think much about the canvas itself right it's just that one yeah. decision that you take what's the size what's the kind of texture you're looking at and pretty much sort it after that right uh, but Yeah, you. I think you have to think so much about not just the color and everything, the process, but also the canvas itself. Wow, that's that's and not two, no two canvases would be alike for you, right? So the cheekbones yeah. in this case that you spoke about for one person to the next person, the same skull would have to be painted so differently because the positioning of the cheekbone naturally is kind of different. Absolutely, very absolutely. Cool. Very cool. But another thing. Yeah. Uh, so on again, mm-hmm. I'm going technically here with the. Uh, the sanjuru and the other colors that you spoke about can you mix those colors as in like can you mix let's say one yes. color and two color to create a third color that's possible yeah you can blend you can blend very easily um and it's lovely to get gradients as well i love mm-hmm. working with gradients 
Um, but again, yeah, you. I think it's best to sort of stick with one brand if mm. you're blending. You know, say you're using uh, a Meron right. and you're using a Snazaru and mixing a pink and a purple, okay. then uh, you know there could be a bit of uh, Make sense. Yeah, it's some discrepancy, but and uh, do you have this problem where let's say after the color starts drying out, it starts to crack mm-hmm. near the joints? Does that happen? Yeah, how did you know this? Like, no, because I would imagine and see again, I may not have painted on other people, but yeah, when I was a kid, of course, I have tried putting acrylic on my own fingers, but I would of course notice when I let's say uh, kind of uh, twist my finger or something, uh, the near the yeah. joints you would have these cracks coming in, right? So does that happen as well? That happens a lot, Swar, and that's something that's very hard to fix, very hard to mm-hmm. change because, I mean, what can you do as the person moves around and stretches exactly. Exactly. and they are going to, right? They're not, they cannot be still throughout. Um, it and does crack sweating. sometimes. Sweating. It, oh, yeah. there's so many things. There are so many things that, you know, you have to keep in mind. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very big challenge, but that's why I, because Snazaru is a brand that cracks. Mm. And that is why I, I say that that is only ah, a beginner's right. brand for all these reasons. When you start switching to Meron and stuff, you notice automatically the durability, how long it lasts, the right. the level of pigments, how many coats you need to do. Um, it cracks lesser, mm-hmm. uh, you know, temperature matters, that uh, the person's, how much they sweat naturally. Um, all of these things really, really matter as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that these are things you need to study about the model as well. Like I, I actually ask them a bunch of questions before I paint them. You know, I ask them a lot of things. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you go to a doctor and they have, yes. have like a little form with pre-existing. Yes. Yes. Um, not, yeah, not, not, nothing too technical, but I do ask them questions like how, you know, how susceptible are you to sweating? Or um, do you have any skin allergies? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. It's uh, it does make a difference because it impacts the overall art piece. Of course. Yeah. Oh, it, your life is difficult. Yeah. It's not as an artist, your life is not very. Thank easy. you. Thank you. Finally, somebody gets it. <laughs> it's so many things you, you have know, to think about. Most of the time, so tired and constantly in need of a vacay because of, and people don't get it because people just think, oh, you, you love what you do or it's uh-huh. fun. Yes, I do love what I do, but you don't understand the amount of pressure, the amount of uh, negotiation with your model, mm-hmm. the amount of, I mean, it is so many things. It's so and many things. Actually, when there's a, let's say there's a brand, which is, or let's say there's a commercial aspect to it, where let's say somebody else, a third party is going to pay you for that. And, but then they're not going to come and probably help you negotiate with your model because that's something you have to do yourself. Yeah. You just get paid at the end. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much for the body paint part of it. Yeah. The last question, however, how much time does it take to remove the paint? That's interesting. Uh, so, okay. Uh, paint comes off pretty easily, and um, it's usually like a one wash with like shower gel or soap, whatever. Oh. Um, however, if it is uh, dark colors, so it's easier to get the light colors off. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from whites to like say light greens is is cool. The minute you start moving towards the dark ones, so like, you know, say a deep blue, greens, mm-hmm. blacks, that starts taking more time. Um, however, face paint, body paint comes off pretty easily, more or less. So I would say, say you're doing a full body, one shower, you That's know. That's very is, cool. Uh, because, and, and that's yeah. like, 
coincidentally we are doing this recording on the day of holi and i'm constantly thinking people yeah. who are playing downstairs they i i know for a fact they'll take at least 6 7 shots to get the color off I'm, and that's why i think they they should be using snazuru and the other colors i think that the miron so you know holi yeah snazuru. i think i i honestly think that people need to start making that healthier switch for their skin as well because right. um i don't i personally i've never actually worked with holi colors like just generally like on mm-hmm. myself or played or or done something out of it um but i always wonder like is this safe for the skin you know cuz um i know that even with snazuru and stuff they're colors so you might as right. well use those because it's super safe comes off really easy keeps your skin really good um and you have to think about long term right you can't just think about today and one right. day okay let me go crazy and let me you know just use any acrylic colors like we have a a festival in mangalore um it's called huli vesha where mm-hmm. they paint a tiger face oh, on right. um right. you know and and they have like a dance and stuff and the thing is that with that i think most of the time they use acrylic um i would imagine so and yeah. i think it's you know and i think it's just a traditional thing and people have been doing it for years so they're comfortable doing it as well but i just always feel so stressed thinking about the model skin because these things really do matter as much as people say no they're used to it it's okay it's not mm. it's not meant for your skin acrylic watercolor is not meant for your skin in the coming years there will be repercussions right um and it's been one of my dreams actually to educate a lot of the masses in india on how important mm-hmm. it is to use safe materials um as well yeah for the skin yeah. okay cool so uh let's move on so i know you have a busy day and there are things to be done so i won't uh, keep you uh, in this uh, for a longer time so uh, a couple of questions towards the closure and, and that will probably bring us to the end of the conversation the first would be anything that you dislike about the art world today again you've been here for around 6 7 years you've been doing this right and professionally as well uh, anything that you dislike about it anything that you feel would should change lots of things i dislike about it well i feel like people's idea of art and their work um is now based more on validation uh honestly i'm guilty of it too and I'm, i'm not saying i escape this because of the kind of society we live in um of course with social media it's not made it easier um you know for most aspiring artists at least because i think the big ones have already more or less made it um yeah but it's you know but it's always the upcoming ones the underdogs that are really struggling and um are not believing in themselves enough not believing in their originality their own right. ideas um you know it's this constant like oh let me keep up with this trend let me get on tiktok let me mm-hmm. create stuff because why like why does it have to be a copy of something that's popular whatever happened to keeping it original real maybe maybe growing slowly maybe not growing as quickly but that's okay or at least it's authentic it's organic and it's you mm-hmm. um you know and so there are lots of things i do dislike you know um especially that people are now using i get i get so many young artists who come and ask me before asking me um what do you enjoy about art or how did you get into it or like could you give me some tips on how to be inspired the first question i get is how can i get more followers um you know which i find i get it i get it there's a lot of pressure you know um because how else is your work recognized globally or how else are you 
growing and how else are people contacting you for projects and stuff it is it is a big aspect i get it however i wish people understood that it is not everything um it's really not um so yeah these are a few things that irk me about is it the same in know. dubai as well like let's say with the uh, the dubai crowd like the actual dubai crowd because <clears throat> i know yeah. that's the thing in india of course like that the thing that you said that a lot of uh, fresh artists coming up and talking about okay how do i get more followers and how do i get my style uh, yeah is that a similar concept or a conversation happening in dubai as well with the local crowd um yeah it is unfortunately because i mean i think if you think about any big city mm-hmm. um you know just where capitalism and consumerism is it's it's at its center right. um automatically i think these are the first questions people ask okay. um and i think that's quite sad because a true art is never brought about by fash like trendy you know what i mean like it's never the viral um, stuff it's it's never viral yeah it, right. exactly uh, it it's even if it is viral it's short lived what comes up that quickly is is destined to go down that quickly as well correct. correct makes sense makes sense perfect perfect thank you okay so finally the last question uh, but before i move into that thank you so much for this conversation i swear before this i had no clue about uh, like painting on bodies i only remember let's say in comic con or uh, in school during some fests or something people would do face painting but i clearly remember they were using acrylic colors and i kind of that raised alarms for me but yeah thank you so much for sharing so much about uh, uh, body painting and i know there was so much more to talk about Uh, when it comes to your art journey but uh, i'm i'm sure maybe in future we can do another episode and we can get into that conversation but yeah so moving on to the last part of the uh, thing in the last question lisha is uh, why do you make art so why do you do this i know we started off the conversation from your uh, reena ma'am back in school uh, till you here uh so why is yeah. it that you make art why did you go back to it i know you uh, told me before that you had a job as an hr for a while and then you kind of took a plunge to get into art completely so why did you do that so why why art okay so art for me has always been um more than even just creating it or enjoying the process it's been a form of release um i paint very well when i am not feeling my best um and no by oh. that i don't mean when i have a lot of pressure or when i have a lot of you know an experience that's very disturbing no that that doesn't allow me to do anything um i would say an experience that's been very difficult for me mm-hmm. a part of my healing process has been to paint um so i remember the first time i started painting just after school is when i had a very big relationship issue mm-hmm. um and again it you know i remember just picking up literally i just picked up a pen and a paper and i just started doodling and it became a source of therapy mm-hmm. um so art for me is a big form of self expression it allows me to express myself my thoughts my emotions um it's a big form of therapy and release i feel a lot lighter i feel a lot better when i paint right. um which is happiness you know i think art is happiness for me and uh, you know even though swear so there are days where it's it's difficult there's no work coming in it's competitive you know with covid it's been a very very tough year for you know the performance arts industry yeah. and entertainers um at large but i i always feel like you know art is so important for the soul and it is so it's food for the soul really 
and it is so important for um, us to be sane in a modern and a mundane world so i think the reason i create really is uh, because it it's happiness art is happiness for me and also um you know i i wanted to be able to inspire people i wanted to be able to touch someone else's life uh because i think that my, at least for me when i paint or when i'm being creative if it's not helping someone else then it's really lost its purpose um you know it's not meaningful anymore mm. so art for me should always be a visual sort of message to help someone in some way yeah. um just be able to inspire them or be able to help them uh, feel better or i don't know what it is but it, it has to have more meaning and more impact on lives than just be a decorative piece in someone's house absolutely yeah absolutely, absolutely. cool Alisha, thank you so much. Uh, I, in fact, was thinking. So I know that you come to India quite often, and uh, you come to Bangalore as well, where I am. So I would be more yeah. happy to probably catch up with you once we are in Bangalore, and probably sure. we can do a podcast episode uh, live in front, like as in like in front of each other, as in on Zoom. Absolutely. But, uh, that would be really, really cool. Really, really cool. All absolutely, right. absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. I uh, thank wish you for uh, everything coming up, and may you get more models and more bodies to paint and <laughs> paint as well. Uh, Thanks, Swar. May you get models who shave and uh, wax <laughs> and sweat uh, less. That's what I thank dream. Thank you for so you. much. Thank you for having me on um, this podcast. It's my first podcast ever, so I'm. It's very exciting and very intriguing, and um, you know, I really look forward to seeing you as well. So that was my time with Alicia. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Do remember to check out her work. The links are in the show notes below as always. Also remember to subscribe to this podcast and again tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week. Cheers.